Vamos. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And Brady, I think we have a fantastic show today. We really do. We're kind of stepping out of how things have been going lately, and we're going to focus more on the talent, the acting talent that we have in this minute. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a hilarious minute. This is, this is really Bill Murray at his finest. This is one of those minutes where you're watching it, it's completely captivating to watch because it's, it's funny, it's hilarious, there's so much iconic stuff that happens in one minute of time here, but it doesn't really move the story along much. So. Yeah, I mean, but you're still looking at some of the, the finest acting talent around, you know, in terms of just everything that Bill Murray is capable of doing with so little, you know, with just his kind of subtle way of, of getting things across. Is know? this the most Vankman minute? I would say so. I, aside from him, you know, shocking, doing the shock test earlier in the film, I would, I would say so, yeah. So not just is, today isn't just Ghostbusters minute. Today is Vankman minute. <laughs> How about that? Today yeah. we're going to rename the show Vankman minute, minute 24. So Definitely. Well, hey, if you're ready, I'm going to go ahead and recap the minute. Let's do it. And then we will get into it. In the previous minute, the Ghostbusters just finished interviewing Dana Barrett Peter Vankman had accompanied Dana back to her apartment at 55 Central Park West, a.k.a. Spook Central, and that is where the minute picks up. At minute 24, we see an exterior shot of 55 Central Park West. At 24.04, Dana Barrett slowly opens her apartment door, and after a few seconds, Peter Vankman quickly pushes the door open and bursts in. At 24.10, Peter Vankman tells Dana Barrett that if something's going to happen, he wants it to happen to him first. At 24.13, Vankman violently pushes open a door behind Dana. At 24.23, Vankman walks into Dana's living room and opens up her piano and plays the A and B keys with his fingers. He says to Dana, they hate this. I love to torture them. At 24.31, Vankman makes his presence known by proclaiming, That's right, boys. It's Dr. Vankman. At at 24.35, Vankman takes his readings in the apartment with his device. At 24.40, Vankman makes the observation that there's a lot of space in Dana's apartment and asks if she lives alone. Dana affirms, and Vankman responds, good. At 24.53, Vankman takes more readings with his device. Dana asks him, what's that thing you're doing? At 24.55, Vankman says it's one of their little toys. So, before we get into all the talk about Bill Murray, I do want to point out that the device that Vankman is using is a United Technology slash Bacharach 300 series sniffer, and it's used to locate utility glass leak gas. Excuse me, it's used to locate utility gas leaks or low oxygen hazards. So basically, like coal mines or something like that, where there might be gas that is poisonous to human being, you use this thing to detect where there's trace gases. So it's possible that they could have taken one and altered it to use to check for yeah ectoplasm. But or something he's like not going to know. No. And during the scene, yeah, no, he, he has no clue. He has no clue. I don't think he could even tell you what the device does. Um, the, in, the, in the scene, you can actually see the piano door to the keys open and close several times. Really? Yes. Yeah, so it, well, it's not a ghost. It's just an inconsistency. Yeah, it's just a flaw, but if you wanted to look at it like that. So as we were saying before, this might be the most Bill Murray minute of any minute in this movie. He comes in and he's just, he's got to be ad-libbing all this stuff, you know, the whole... Piano thing. The that's right, dope boys. It's Doctor Vankman. <laughs> that just screams of Bill Murray's onset. Is you know we we've heard stories over and over again about this movie that almost every line of dialogue was rewritten in some way by yeah, Peter Vankman. And some of that has got to Bill be. Murray. Some of that has got to be in the scene. For yeah. Sure. So tell me a little bit about. I know that before this movie, he was working on something else. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Actually, um. He had a passion, sort of a passion project called Razor's Edge that he was attached to. And 
told uh, Columbia that he would only do Ghostbusters if they financed Razor's Edge. And I think they were a little bit hesitant to get involved with that, but Dan Aykroyd convinced them to do it, and so they went ahead and did it. Uh, And after filming uh, in India was done, the next day he was in New York filming Ghostbusters. That sounds like a pretty expensive passion project. I think the budget on it was thirteen million, but its box office was only six. Yeah, and it, it was released after Ghostbusters too, right? Uh, well, that, not after Ghostbusters two, but it was released in nineteen eighty four after Ghostbusters had right. come out. I think yeah. that I'm actually not sure on. I've actually never seen it. Uh, I'm really interested though because it looks it looks very interesting. It mm-hmm. looks like an interesting change of pace for him so early on in his career. Later in his career, you would see him start to. Uh, embrace darker roles or a lot of indies and stuff like yeah. that. He worked with Jim Jarmusch and Sofia Coppola, yeah. Wes Anderson. Yeah, and Razor's Edge. Having watched the trailer for it just pretty recently, it looks like kind of a World War One period piece. Kind of a, one of these sweeping stories that takes place like in India and Germany and yeah. So I, I definitely want to check it out for mm-hmm. sure. But um, yeah, he's actually got a a really interesting background. You know, his his life is almost as funny as some of the roles that he's played. Uh, Bill Murray was born on September 21st in 1950 in Wilmette, Illinois, and he is actually one of nine brothers and sisters. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you frequently see his brothers uh, in movies, most notably Brian Doyle Murray, who plays the um, Asylum Warden in Ghostbusters 2, and he also did the voice of Evo Shandor and the mayor in the Ghostbusters video game, and you would see him pop up and stuff all throughout, like, as good as it gets. Um, I think my favorite performance of his is in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, he plays the boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as he get pulled in at the very end. <laughs> but you see him; he's one of those, those you know, those guys who the character oh, actor. It's yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's almost as synonymous. I mean, you know, when you think of the '80s comedies, Bill Murray's like one of the first guys that comes to mind. But Brian Dole Murray is definitely that supporting actor level. Yeah, I wouldn't say below it, but I mean, he had probably just as much work playing the character actors like that. He plays that boss guy so well, you mm-hmm. know, like a cigar chomping, like older guy. You also see his brothers Joel Murray and John Murray as well. But um, Bill Murray is actually quoted as saying he really just kind of screwed around in, in school, and I've heard that. He would often wear pajamas to school, and if it was a special occasion, he would wear a blazer with his pajamas. So, mm. He eventually joined up with National Lampoon's Radio Hour, where he met Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, and this, is, uh, and this propelled him into Saturday Night Live, which you know was a huge step for him. And then that, of course, opened the gateway to films, such as Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, and finally in Ghostbusters. So, let's see, he was rumored uh, at one point to be playing Batman, in Tim Burton's Batman. Really? Yeah. He was considered for Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This is the Tim Burton part. Um, Steve Carell's role in Little Miss Sunshine. Han Solo, apparently. Oh. Yeah, I know. And as the Arnold Schwarzenegger role in Kindergarten Cop. Uh, he was going to play the detective in Roger Rabbit. Been all over. The- There's a wide, wide range of ability there as an actor. And he's just really doing it at his finest in this scene in Ghostbusters. Did you know that he owns a restaurant in St. Augustine, Florida also? No, what's it called? Yeah, it's called the... All right, here we go. It's the Murray Brothers Caddyshack at the World Golf Village home of the World World Golf Hall of Fame in St. Augustine, Florida. Really? So they also have a golf tournament that they host, you know, because that's, there used they, there were used to be some specials that came on Comedy Central, and it was just like the Murray Brothers playing golf and screwing around. It was all improv. I heard it was really funny. I'd love to get my hands on it. But yeah. they seem like kind of, you know, Bill Murray obviously is the one everybody knows of, but the, the brothers all together are kind of this known quantity of when they get together. It's like a real fun time. So Yeah, oh, I would imagine. So I just want to point out, too, that the Murray Brothers Golf Tournament has raised over $4 million in its 15-year history. Really? So, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And there's actually a really cool story about um, 
a terminally ill terminally ill child who was a huge fan of Ghostbusters the movie and really wanted to meet uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. So rather than just show up and meet the child at the hospital, they showed up in character. Wow. So yeah, that's that's really cool. And, that's really uh, cool. So Bill Murray had an interest in a story that I've actually had some interest in for a while that never kind of came about. But have you ever heard of the press your luck controversy that happened in 1983? The game show, Press Your Luck. Do you remember this? Uh, No, it might have been a little before my time. Okay, so Press Your Luck was a game show where there was a giant board and it was filled with little squares. And there was a light, ring of lights that would go around this board and each one of these little squares was filled up with something like in one, you might have a $10,000 prize or another one. You might have like a new pair of socks from Sears or something like that. But it looked like a seemingly random thing that was going on, but there was a guy by the name of Michael Larson. And what he did, he sat at home and watched this show over and over. And he realized that there was a pattern. So he would sit there and memorize what the pattern was. He was able to get himself as a contestant on the game show and actually played the board through the pattern and hit the button to get the uh, to, to to rack up the most money that he could. And he ended up winning like I think a, a, over a hundred thousand dollars on the show. So big winnings. He cheated the system. And he got it. Bill Murray became obsessed with the story and actually got the rights to make a movie out of it. Really. So I think that could be a really cool movie. I'm sad to see that it's probably not going anywhere because it sounds like a comedic version of Quiz Show. You remember Quiz Show? Oh, yeah. Quiz Show is great. Yeah. I, I would like to see that, but taken in like a comedy context. So. Yeah. Well, he'd be the guy to do it. Yeah. So Fascinating character. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I'm glad we were able to kind of focus on Bill Murray, get a little bit of background on him in this episode. One, one thing I do want to touch on in this minute is that it really reminds me of The Frighteners. And there's a scene towards the beginning of The Frighteners where Michael J. Fox shows up and he's like shooting a water gun full of holy water and just being a, a fraud, you know, yeah. not knowing what the hell he's doing. Uh, and it's it's kind of reminiscent of that. But That's um, a movie we need to do for a bonus episode. Oh, yeah, out. definitely. It's It echoes Ghostbusters a little bit. Yeah, it, it kind really of fun movie. filled that hole in our, that Ghostbusters size hole in our heart for a while. Yeah, uh, which the doctor right. said we probably should have had plugged by something else, I but know, you know, but, uh, yeah. but Frighteners is a is is a really fun Peter Jackson movie. And so, do you know that Harold Ramis and Bill Murray did kind of have a real life beef for a while, which is one of the reasons that we didn't really get much really? Ghostbusters for a while. Yeah, you know, now they it was Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman were all the controlling interest in Ghostbusters. So we've heard. I don't know that that's really ever been vetted, but that's kind of the rumor that went around okay. that they had to be in a total 100% agreement for anything to move forward. And then Sony had a buyout of them and that's how they were able to make the new movie. But something happened on the set of Groundhog Day and I don't know a whole lot about it, but after that there, cause you know, Harold Ramis directed Groundhog Day, Bill Murray started in it. Yeah. Something happened and they kind of had a rift between the two of them. So seemingly after Harold Ramis, unfortunately passed, Bill Murray seems to, you know, uh, he, yeah. he, he gave him a shout out at the Oscars that year. What do you think about his work with Sofia Coppola? Lost in Translation in particular. I'm not a big fan. I, the movie has some really fun stuff going on in it, but mm-hmm. overall, I think it's it's kind of just, it feels like some people went out with some film equipment and had a good time and didn't really, hmm, the movie, it feels kind of flat to me. Uh, I, I really admire a lot of stuff about it. I'm a big Scarlett Johansson fan, obviously Bill Murray fan. Um, it's a beautiful movie, mm-hmm. but overall, it just kind of fell flat for me. Personally. A lot of Sofia Coppola's work for me feels like a tone piece. You know, like mm-hmm. the plot's kind of secondary, the characterization's secondary to just the overall feeling that the movie gives you. Kind of like Virgin Suicides is one like that, that kind of gives you this, uh, what I assume it feels like to be like a 12-year-old girl, you know, kind of the 
uh, the feelings about the world and the universe and, you know, how much he yeah. cares for you. But Lost in Translation, I walked out of the theater and I was like, you know, this really just kind of seemed like more of a, a music video for the soundtrack that Scarlett Johansson I, had I, I, in her I, Yeah, iPod. I think um, seeing it as just kind of a visual yeah. piece it, it is a good way of looking at it. So that's that's about everything that I've got. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week at Ghostbusters Minute. We'll be back on Monday with Minute number 25. Again, we're going to be getting into more of the A-plot of the movie and how things move along in accordance to that. And we'll be getting up to the uh, Sedgwick Hotel Slimer scenes pretty soon, so we're looking forward to that. We're trying to wrangle in, just like you would wrangle in an errant ghost, uh, some co-hosts for the upcoming weeks. So hopefully we'll have some announcements on our Facebook page about that. Uh, Again, if you want to check us out on Facebook and be involved with us there, that's facebook.com slash Ghostbusters Minute. Well, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com. Facebook.com slash Ghostbusters Minute, Twitter.com slash GB Minute, and look us up on Instagram at Ghostbusters Minute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License. Mm-hmm.